I wonder if you could like tan your insides with it. That's probably something that's to be avoided. Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week is part one of our three-part miniseries on 3D printing. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. <laughs> I like how you, you practiced the wording on that so many times to get it right and then completely changed it when you actually did it. <laughs> it's more of a suggestion to myself. Yeah. <laughs> does that sound right? Yes, it does. Okay, I'll do something different. <laughs> Sounded good, though. Oh, good. Thanks. Well, folks, Hello. This week, we are going to talk about 3D printing, specifically types of 3D printers, because there are quite a few there different are types, a few. and it's a little bit overwhelming for the uninitiated, in my opinion. Mm. I count myself among the uninitiated. So to lay the groundwork for the next two episodes, where we talk about uh, consumer applications of 3D printing, of 3D printing, <laughs> and uh, the controversy surrounding 3P dinting. <laughs> controversy around 3d printing uh, we wanted to first talk about exactly what we're talking about yeah this sort of educational episode on what all's out there these days that people have to choose from kelly's the expert here so i will let you kick it off cal yeah there are a few there are a few main types of, of 3d printing and i guess i'll just just what should i just go down the list yeah so we'll talk about each in in order but what are the different types uh yeah there's there's stereolithography which is the oldest type of 3D printing. Ah. Uh, digital light processing. Jeez. Yeah, and both of those are mostly used in manufacturing. Okay. Uh, then there's fused fused deposition modeling, which is FDM printing, which is the most common consumer-level type 3D printing um, where filaments extruded that people are probably the most familiar with. Huh. Okay, well, so... That's the only one I know about. So if we talk about, if we just start from the top and sort of explain what each one of these things is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are a few others used for manufacturing too, but those are, those are probably the biggest three. Cool. Well, what's the, before we even get into that, what, at what point, you know, is a cement truck 3D printing? Like at what point is it, <laughs> like what falls into the category of 3D printing? Do you know, is there like a... I would, I would, uh, you know, I would say 3D printing is going to be, it's something that's going to be controlled, like... A cement truck is not a refined pouring of concrete controlled by computers. It's you know guys with shovels. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a computer guided application yeah. of whatever yeah, it's, the it's, process it's is. Dri driven by CAD software and that sort of thing. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. Like pulling back to the desktop printing concept, where it's not you know you're not setting type physical type. Half the people listening probably don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Typesetting, what's that? Yeah, I used to work at a newspaper on the printing press. So, and people would take little lead letters and line them up to make words. Mm -hmm. That's how we got uppercase and lowercase letters. Is it? Yeah, the, the uppercase letters were stored in the uppercases and the lowercase letters were stored in the lowercases. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Did not know that. Never even thought about that because it does make no sense. Why is it called uppercase? Because, wow. <laughs> Because they were stored on top. Consider yourself learned, folks. <laughs> that is. There, a, maybe the episode will be worthwhile if nothing. If we get nothing else out of it. A so. Great piece of trivia. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so so desktop printing or laser printing is far 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 from that. 
And I guess, okay, so that makes sense. The parallel makes sense. So between 3D printing is, you know, the difference between a, a, a 3D printer, like a, that, that, you know, puts out cement and a cement truck that needs to be arranged with shovels and forms. Yeah. All right, cool. So um, stereolithography, I think, was the first one you yes. said? Yes, stereolithography. Uh, it's been around since the 80s. It's, it's most commonly used in manufacturing. And what it is... Uh, is you have this vat of liquid plastic resin, and lasers are projected into it, and the lasers cure the plastic. Wait, so it's like a big bucket, and and it's like the lasers are shot into it and harden it in places, and then yeah. the liquid's drained away, and then like this plastic statue is sitting yeah. there? Yeah, and the liquid's drained away, and this plastic statue's sitting there, and you clean it in a chemical bath and cure it in a UV oven, and, and you can polish it up and, and make your prototypes, and... And, and that sort of thing. That's insane. So yeah. it must be limited in the kind of forms it can make, right? It can make things that are hollow? Like is the late, does the laser kind of pulse so that it can skip spots or is it a straight shot? Yeah, I would, I, I did pulses around and it can, can skip spots and do hollow forms and, and that sort of thing. That is bonkers. Yeah. I mean, you can be very precise in, in where you focus your lasers and. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. That is really cool. So, no, that's the oldest. It sounds very advanced, but that's the oldest kind, and it must have drawbacks if there are newer ones. Uh, yeah, that is the oldest kind, and I think the biggest drawback is is mainly just, well, it's been used. It's used mostly in manufacturing prototyping. Wow. Well, that's the one I want so yeah, far. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> With lasers. All right. So, how's how is digital light processing different? What's that one? Um, it's actually very similar in a lot of ways uh, to SLA printing, except that instead of using lasers, it uses UV light, mm -hmm. and the resin is cured with UV light. And it has some disadvantages and uh, advantages and disadvantages. Um, you're not quite going to have the laser precision. It's they're they're larger printers just because you have to house your house your light projector mm -hmm. rather than just a couple of, of laser diodes. Um, but it's got some interesting things too, in that it can it can produce produce light in in gradients, like gradations of light, and cure the resin at different rates. Interesting. So create some interesting and and varied forms that way. Huh. And of course, it's, it's a little cheaper to operate too because you're powering lasers, and and if a bulb goes out, you can just replace the UV light bulb rather than having to buy expensive laser parts. Cool. And now, if you wanted to, could you use it as a tanning booth? I wonder if you could, like, tan your insides with it. That's probably something that's to be avoided. Yeah, probably. It's probably not not good. My liver looks good with this deep, dark tan. <laughs> <laughs> Man, okay, so it's basically, so it sounds like the the main advantage is cost. It's standard lights, standard projectors, mm -hmm. uh, but it's bigger. And, it, and maybe you've got some kind of situation where you want this, like, different... Um, rate of curing in different areas I'm trying to just i'm trying to think of like an example application that you'd want to do that for i suppose if if you were going to do some i'm not really i don't really know what resin is is that a general word is it yeah, kind of like, plastic yeah it's just like liquid plastic okay so i wonder if like having it not cured in places or more cured in other places allows people to like take it out and then form it by hand into some shape that it would have been difficult to do i don't know yeah that's interesting uh, so that's cool. That's cool. But that's uh, also manufacturing. And the the next one is probably the most popular one. And, and I assume that's what we'll be talking about most next week, which is the fused deposition modeling, otherwise known as FDM. 
Yeah, this is the one most people are familiar with, where you're extruding a filament, typically a plastic filament of most commonly PLA plastic, uh, also ABS plastic, mm -hmm. and various other materials, but those are the most common. Extruding it through this print head that lays it down in layers on a print bed and, and additively builds up your model that way. Yes, and I you see lots of jokes about it online, like 3D printing is fun for people who like fixing 3D printers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do require some maintenance and upkeep, and, and some of them can be a bit finicky. Now, didn't we see a pen last year? We, didn't we talk about a 3D printing pen? That's yeah, there's, sort a, of like a, there's glue a couple gun? of them. There's a couple of them on the market now. I think the 3Doodler was <laughs> the biggest one. You know, I think it might have been kind of a flop. Yeah. But then they've come out with a second version that's supposedly a lot better. Well, it sort of violates our our starting principle that it's because it's not it's not laser or not laser guided, but it's not digitally guided. Computer guided, right? I'm not entirely certain. I would call it 3D printing anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's extruding, it's heating up a filament and extruding it, but you don't have anywhere near the precision and and I mean, yeah, I guess I guess doodling really is the best way I would describe it. Yeah, calling it 3D printing is kind of a stretch. Yeah, I think so. But it looks, I, I want one because it looks like it'd be fun to play around with. Mm -hmm. And it looks like if you do have a 3D printer and do 3D printing with it, that something like this would be good for maybe making small repairs or filling in places that, that, that maybe didn't get filled in or, or something like that. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I can see the use for it, but yeah. it's, I wouldn't, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't really call it 3D printing. So I, I've got a question. Maybe you know the answer mm -hmm. to. So. I've been to a local maker studio and they certainly had uh, a couple of maker bots. I think that's what they're called. Uh, it's like a, like a maybe foot or two foot square cube. You know, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a, one of those square cubes that uh, has, it's sort of made out of plywood. It looks like it was created by another 3d print, you know, like a, yeah, you can, you can totally print parts for your 3d printer on your 3d printer. Which without that, there would be no geek cred whatsoever. Yeah, you just need to make sure you print your replacement parts before the printer breaks. <laughs> right, have a good stock on hand. So, well, so here's the thing: they have a, they have those, but they also have a bunch of other stuff that uh, I don't know if they refer to it as 3D printing, but it's more like it feels similar in the sense that it's digitally guided, but it's mm -hmm. not additive. It's things like they'll have like almost like a machine shop sort of thing where you put a chunk of aluminum in like a, a cube of aluminum and you've got this kind of like a Dremel attached to a robot arm. Oh that, yeah. Yeah. A, a, a CNC machine where it just kind of mills out. Yes. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now I, I feel like that falls into the same <clears throat> category because you could use it for the same applications, but I don't, I don't know though. May, like, is it 3d printing or it's really not, I guess it's, I would think of 3D printing as an additive process, mm -hmm. whereas your CNC machine, you're milling out and subtracting and taking away material. Right. Yeah, I would, I'll agree with that. They had a bunch of them, too. There were ones that you could put like a 4x8 sheet of plywood in, and, and it, would, it was basically like a, a computer-guided, gigantic computer-guided router table. Nice. Which, yeah, it was cool. You can make huge signs, like really, really nice logo-type stuff. It's, so it's... It, I suppose those things all live in the same place. They're all in this, they occupy the same mental space or are attractive to the same sorts mm -hmm. of people. But yeah, I, I would, I would consider those fall outside of 3d printing for the same reasons you said, it feels more like it should be an additive process. Like, like 
laser printing, for example. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's certainly some things that would be easier to do in a in an additive type process than it would be to like taking away material. Mm -hmm. um, it depends a lot on the, the type of model and the type of material that you want the, the finished model to be. So are there any other types of 3D printers that are kind of common or at least a use in manufacturing? Uh, yeah, there's some other manufacturing printers um, that are probably not quite as common, but they they do things like they'll, um, again, powered by lasers or in some cases electronic like beams of electrical energy, hmm. and they'll fire into like metallic powders and 3D print metal objects that way. Cool. I, I saw a video of this once, actually. Somebody, it, and they can make, uh, like you said, with the plastic resin version, they can make... Mm -hmm. I want to say they made a, um, a like a metal version of a bike helmet, like a mo like a motorcycle helmet. Okay, yeah. You know, and and they also made a uh, working crescent wrench with that screw piece. So oh, it was cool. like so yeah. it's like one, two, three pieces, like the the thumb part, the regular handle part, and the the screw thing, and they just like zap. So. Mm. Yeah, and it looks yeah. cool. It's very yeah. smooth, very cool looking. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, so, yeah, pretty much instead of instead of firing lasers into a vat of liquid material, they're firing them into uh, metallic powder and and creating pieces that way, which sounds really cool. Mm. Yeah, and the one I saw looked amazing. Um, are there? What are the different types of powders? Is it like? Is it? Is it all different types of metal, or is it other? You know, is it? I guess this is different than, yeah, because the plastic resin that we talked about before is like liquid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's different types of powders and I, I guess they're not all metal. Um, I guess just you know, some of them can contain, contain metal. And again, it's like, it's uh, chemically the, like the laser chemically alters the, mm -hmm. obviously chemically alters the powder and, and, uh, bonds it together that way. Um, it's funny in a way, this reminds me more of like a Xerox, Xerox, Xerography pro, oh, geez. The xerography uh, the, um, process where oh, like the the way you'd make like a, a photocopy mm -hmm. where you just sort of like statically attach this powder to the page in a way that yeah. is readable, but in three dimensions. Right. Just doing the same thing in three dimensions. Wild. All right. Well, so there's your crash course, dear listener, on types of 3D printers. And next week, we are going to drill into the consumer applications of 3D printing, things like how it works, how much it costs, uh, popular applications, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go into more detail on the, the, uh, the FDM printers. Exactly. That's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye. Would you like to support Terrifying Robot Dog? Just think of two friends who would dig the show and send them to terrifyingrobotdog.com for links to iTunes, Facebook, and RSS feeds. If you don't have two friends, you can still help us out by leaving a nice review in iTunes. Thanks a lot. By the end of the series, you'll be able to print two friends. <laughs> <laughs>